Hello once again, welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyker. With me, as always, my co-hosts, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. Yes, I'm here. And the man, Kyle Budzanowski. I'm here. <laughs> that's pretty sh- much, wait, that's sure an, yeah, that's an indictment of, of how he feels oh. about yesterday's Michigan football performance, which we will get into in depth. Guys, we're going to have a little bit of a different format this week, not as many topics. We're going to be giving you guys almost like two or three quick hitter type episodes where we're going to be basically going, we're going to go in depth on the Lions roster cuts as well as what the roster looks like as of current day. Then in the second half of this episode, we're going to give you some reviews on AEW's All Out show as well as NXT UK's Cardiff Takeover event. And then we're going to end the show with Michael's or Michael, I'm sorry, Kyle's favorite topic. Uh, Michigan football, and we're also going to talk some Michigan State Spartans and how they looked against both Middle Tennessee State and Tulsa, respectively. Lots of hot takes there. Um, let's just jump right into it, guys, though. I want to talk about this Lions roster. Um, the official cuts happened yesterday, Saturday, 4 p.m. Yeah. We, we know the final roster now. Um, some big names that were cut, though, I think first we should kind of go over. Tease Tabor, 2017 second-round pick, he gone. Isaac Nauda, uh, second or seventh round pick out of Georgia, the tight end that everybody thought would make the team, mm-hmm. he's gone. P.J. Johnson, their other seventh round pick, he's gone. Charles Washington, a, a special teamer for the past several years, he's gone. Goner. He's gone too. Um, Tom Savage, uh, the guy who uh-huh. we all kind of assume was going to be the backup quarterback to Matt Stafford, he gone too. Um, that's just some of the names. Obviously, there you know there's a whole bunch of others, but those are the kind of the ones that kind of Brandon Powell, I guess, another one that people yeah, would have kind of thought. <laughs> He's upset. Um, but let's just go through real quick, guys, and let's just go through the actual roster itself. Mike, who do we have at quarterback right so now? So we got um, who made the cut. We got the starter, Matthew Stafford, obviously. Shocker. Shocker. Um, backup, we got Josh Johnson. Who won the job like on three weeks, basically. Yeah. Three weeks worth of time. And then we also time. have the Cleveland uh, quarterback, David Blue, 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 blue. Yeah, I don't know. He's French, clearly. Yeah. Um, but they traded. They tr- they basically swapped seventh round picks, uh, and the quarterback with Cleveland, um, mm-hmm. before the for the cut. So he's gonna he's riding on the fifty three right now as well. So, yes. Which is interesting to say the least. Are you surprised? Let's just start right here. Are you guys surprised that they kept three quarterbacks? It's the first time in Bob Quinn's time that they've kept three quarterbacks on roster. Um, as we'll go through, I'm shocked that they kept less offensive players. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of it's less depth on the offensive side. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you needed three. I think you could have been fine with two. <clears throat> but I do think that with Stafford's pending injury status, with mm-hmm. like his back and everything, you don't yeah. know if he's 100%. Right. You're assuming that he is, but if he's not, mm-hmm. um, having two backups, so yeah. in the case that he does get hurt, then you have Josh Johnson comes in, and then you have another safety blanket, another quarterback, just right. in case, right. um, isn't a bad idea. So I kind of like it, but at the same time, I think you could have got rid of one and added an extra spot for a, maybe another receiver or another Right. Player in do you general. think? Do you think? Because I know that Brian Hoyer was cut by New England. That's yeah. probably, that's probably one of the bigger names out there right now. Kyle, do you think that Brian is a guy that they could bring in possibly pretty quickly here to bring in and replace maybe Josh Johnson or to be? You know, he got the New England ties, obviously. And let's be clear, Brian Hoyer is a much better quarterback than Josh Johnson is. I yeah. mean, it, I mean, oh even though Brian Hoyer is up there in age, I think that he'd be a better backup than Josh Johnson or David Blue. <laughs> it's true. I mean, again, like you said, with the Patriots little thing they got yeah. going on, sometimes that's worked, sometimes it hasn't. Right. But it, I, I say it's good to have, like, a veteran quarterback in case a Matthew Stafford could hurt. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it's good to 
<clears throat> to have a young quarterback if Matthew Stafford yeah. was someone you could develop, someone that could get playing time, mm-hmm. that could that could, you could develop to become your your guy in the future. Right. Or I obviously it might not be Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson. Johnson right. but, but David Bluff though, they have they see something in him where he yeah. could be a baby a backup in the future. Yeah. Um Let's be all real though. If Stafford goes down, the season's pretty much well. Here's the thing: I think I think if he goes down, but for a short period of time, and you had a Brian Hoyer, yeah, I don't think the season's done. Done, right? Yeah, you know, like if Josh Johnson's there, you lose all those games most likely <laughs> that he's not there for. Yeah. With Brian Hoyer, you know, you maybe the, squeak out a win. You, if you had the stretch of like the Giants and Redskins that you have in the middle, right. you of the can season, split that. You could probably split that, and then you're like, okay, now instead of being, you know, having two, three losses, you might have. Yeah, one yeah. to two losses, right. and that, that helps you out a little bit at that yeah. point. But Stafford goes down for any extended period of time. We're all we're all screwed. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go running backs, Mike. All right, so on our running backs, we got obviously probably the starter carry on Johnson most yep. likely. Yep. Uh, you got C.J. Anderson, the sixth round pick, Ty Johnson. Yep, from Maryland, and Nick Baldwin as the fullback, but he counts right. as the backs. Right, he will be our fourth. Running back guys who missed the cut: Mark Thompson, James Williams, and Justin Stockton. Yeah, make the cut. I'm I'm a little surprised um, that they they you know they made some moves. Obviously, they cut Theo, which Ty Johnson is kind of filling that role. Oh, yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? But I legitimately think that with this, I'm not surprised by anybody that they cut. Mm-hmm. But if you look at this running back position, everybody's going to contribute. I feel like. like oh, yeah. I feel like Carryon's obviously your presumed starter. You've got C.J. Anderson, who's going to be what you thought Legarrette Blount was going to be last year for you, and Ty Johnson is theoretic. Yeah. Like in, in every shape, maybe he's not the most established route runner in the world, but he's faster. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously he's already built some type of rapport with the first team offense, as we saw in preseason week three. Yeah. You know, with the Definitely. touchdown and everything. So, and Nick Bowden obviously going to be that fullback, H back, could possibly play tight end in a pinch type yeah. of role. Um, who's got good hands coming out of the backfield? So I feel like I feel like all four of those backs are going to contribute in in a pretty major way. I'd say so. for the offense. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't surprised to see any of those other guys get cut. I think there's a couple guys that got a Florida. Um, he would be somebody I would maybe see they could probably pick up mm-hmm. and you know put on the practice squad if he clears waivers. Um, but we'll see. Uh, let's go to wide receivers. Yep. So at the wide receiver position, um, Kenny Galladay, mm-hmm. Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, I presume starters who made the cut. Right. And then you got Chris Lazy and Travis Fulgan who also made the cut. So you got five receivers. Right. Um, guys who missed it: Andy Jones, Brandon Powell. Just in the, Tommy Lee Lewis, just to name a few of yeah, them. Yeah, right. Um, Kyle, how do you feel about the receivers? I mean, you, you could have better, but I feel like as long as, like he said, as long as Matthew Stafford doesn't get hurt, you could work <laughs> with it. You could work, but if Matthew Stafford gets hurt, it doesn't matter right. what receivers you have. You have right. Block throwing them, throwing yeah. them the ball, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this all. This guy's gonna be listening. He's 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 got one fan, and he's gonna yeah. be like, he's like. You know, I'm fine. Screw you guys too. <laughs> but no, I think I agree with you. I mean, obviously, Kenny Galladay is the presumed number one now. I think he's kind of yeah. taken over the Marvin role. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Amendola is going to become the new golden safety blanket type of guy. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the tight ends here in a second, but um, I, I'm not surprised by the wide receivers. I think yeah. Travis Fulham, the sixth round pick of Old Dominion, I think he kind of really made his mark the last two preseason games. Even with the fumble at the end of preseason week three. I thought week four, he was clearly the number one option for yeah. anybody, any quarterback that was in the game. Um, Chris Lacey, they like a lot. He's a bigger guy. Yeah. Um, 
I'm interested to see how Marvin looks going in. I think this is a make-or-break season for Marvin Jones. Not because he's played poorly in years past, but coming off the knee injury, he's at the end of his contract after next season. I feel like he's potentially a cap casualty next season, especially if Kenny G breaks out like we're all expecting him to do it. Yep. You know what I mean? So I, I would I would not be shocked to see that. And I think the wide receiver class in this upcoming draft is pretty deep. So I think the Lions could go early wide receiver or, you know, free agency-wise, and, mm-hmm. you know, you could see some, some some movement there. But for right I, now, I really like our wide receiving core, especially at yeah. the top of the board. Yeah, and that's the one where I would say if you didn't have that third quarterback, I think, like, a Brandon Powell would be an awesome yes. sixth, like, another slot guy. Right, in for case, sure. Because if Amendola gets hurt, you don't really have another slot guy, no, really. right. You just put Ty Johnson out there, but there's not another mm-hmm. – all your other guys are pretty big guys, so yes. you don't yes. really have the extra guy. But, yeah, let's go tight ends. But no, tight ends, <clears> yep. So we, we got three. Here who made the cut? We yeah. got our first round pick, TJ Hawkinson. Obviously, obviously made it. Jesse James, we got from the Steelers, made it. Yep. And then Logan Thomas made it. Yep. And then uh, guys who did make it is Isaac um, Nada, Nada, that yep. Jerome Cunningham, and Austin T- uh, Trailer. Yeah, make it. So I mean, I'm not surprised. Nada is the only one I would say is a little bit, you know, shocking. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of drops in the preseason. Did not look consistent really, which. Once again, I'm guessing if they can, I wouldn't be shocked to see him be bought, brought back onto the practice squad. But these tight ends, though, is this. I'm I'm surprised they didn't keep four, yeah. honestly. But the three that they did keep, uh, Logan Thomas got pretty limited exposure, but they seem to really like him. Um, the Jesse James T.J. Hawkinson combination, though, it, it, that's going to be a big deal. Yeah. Like straight up. Like I really do think that they've transformed the tight end position on this roster and. You can tell that they made it a priority, and you can also tell that they didn't add just people. Like, mm-hmm. I felt like last year, you know, they tried to go for the home run ball with Gronkowski. That clearly didn't work. So they had to fill it up with a whole bunch of backups and a whole bunch of useless yeah. guys. But now you've got, I think, Hawkinson and Jesse James. That's a one-two punch where, and Stafford loves his tight ends, mm-hmm. where I think you're going to see a bounce-back season from Stafford just because the tight end plays a more important role in the offense. Yeah. And it has to, if we're being honest. I think it absolutely has to. Yeah. Um, so now we got the offensive line. Yep. So our our presumed starting offensive line, you got Taylor Decker, mm-hmm. Frank Ragnow, Graham Glasgow, Rick Ragnar, and Kenny Wiggins. Probably going to be your starting line somewhere in that range. Yep. You got Joe Dahl who made it. Yep. Ode Abushie made yep. it. Uh, Tyler Crosby made it. And, and then Bo, Bo Benjeshwal, whatever his last yeah, name is. Right. The guy yeah. from Wisconsin. Yeah, the undrafted. Those, yeah. those are all the guys who made the cut. Guys who did make the cut, Andrew Donnell, um, Matt Nelson. Ryan Pope, yeah, not really even, much. Yeah. So. Leo Kilimatangi, whatever his name is, yeah. too. Um, yeah, I think the offensive line, I think I'm surprised. I mean, the couple of the guys that are to be on the lookout for, I think Wiggins and Dahl are kind of neck and neck. I wouldn't be surprised to see Dahl start week one, okay. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I, 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 At least week one, you're looking at Taylor Decker, then you've got, um, you're probably going to have Dahl or Wiggins, and then Graham as your center, and then Wagner, and then the other guy, Wiggins or Dahl, whoever, yeah. on the other side, especially if Ragnow is out week one, right? If obviously Ragnow's in, you slide Glasgow over, and then it's Dahl or Wiggins. But I think Kenny Wiggins showed his versatility at the tackle position, so I think you're able now to move Tyrell Crosby to guard, because we've all seen clearly he can't play tackle at this level. He yeah. is god-awful. So... And I think Wiggins was was good enough where if he has to play tackle, I think you could. Mm-hmm. And with Abushi, who kind of plays the interior, and then this bow guy is like your developmental guy that if, worst case scenario, I guess we're putting him out there, you know. <laughs> um, 
I would not be surprised, Mike. I don't know if you agree with me. This would be a spot where if there's a waiver claim made by the Lions, that this would be a position that they'd go after oh, yeah. in if, the waiver claims if they to, could get to promote one, somebody. Yeah, if you can get one guy, you're yeah. trying to get offensive linemen. Yeah. This entire team, right. for me, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Because I think we saw week four um, – that the backup defense, our uh, backup offensive lineman, they had a rough go, you know, handling yeah. some of those blitz packages and stuff. So it's like, you know, obviously the quarterbacks. I don't obviously you didn't have the best quarterback play out there either. Yeah. But with that being said, that was a rough go a little yeah. bit. You know what I mean? So Kyle, if you had to call your shot out of thirty-two, where do you think this offense is going to be about? Out of thirty-two, I'm saying with because of your two tight ends that you have, assuming Hawkinson is as good as we think he is. I would say 15 or upper 15, 10, in between 10 and 15. 10 15. 15. Yeah, so, right. like a top echelon offense. So, you don't think it's going to be top five? No. I don't yeah, think it'll it's be, gonna be top five. Like top 10. Like, you, you got like Kansas City and all those teams are about right. to be at top five. Right. You think you're going to be like a topper tier, upper tier mm-hmm. offense? Yeah, like I, better I, than the most. Yeah, I would say that. That's not, that's not bad. I, I think if they can land somewhere in that upper, I think if they can land between, I think, 12 and 8. That's where I think they need to be. Okay. Like I think because I don't I just overall offense, right? If they're ru- if their running game is fifteenth in the league, I'll be thrilled. Yeah. Like straight up thrilled. We've never had it's never been that high in a long time. Mm-hmm. So if that's where your run game's at, I can only imagine your pass game's gonna be higher than that. So I just think that if that needs kind of be the sweet spot where I think Upper, you know, lower, you know, single digits would probably be the ceiling. They're not going to be so explosive, but they're going to be putting up 35 points a game. No. It's just not the bevel offense. But I think that if you get a more refined Matthew Stafford back this year, mm-hmm. tight end position that's been revamped, you have your two mainstays on the outside, your run game is theoretically going to be better because you have these two tight ends out here. And I think your play calling, and we talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago, with having the two tight ends set now, okay, now what are you going to do? Before you had two tight ends out there, you knew, all right, well, we're going to power on this son of a, you know, and it's just going to be a disaster. But now, I think play action is going to be a huge mainstay of this offense yeah, going forward. I agree. So, All right, let's go. Uh, so what do we got next? We're going to move over to the defensive side of the ball. Defense. And we're going to go hit these off- or the defensive line. Um, Probably the strength of the team, if we're being honest. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would say. Yeah. Um, Making the cut on the defensive line, we have Trey Flowers, Shocker. Damon Harrison, Shocker. Mike Daniels, Shocker. Sean Robinson, Shocker. Deshaun Hand, Shocker. Romeo Akarawa, Shocker. Kevin Strong, not a Shocker. and Austin <laughs> Bryant is listed here as the deal. Yeah, he's a D-line, but he's a linebacker. Yeah, he's too in that Jadavian Clowney kind of right. Plays both hybrid spot. Right, there. makes sense. Right. And guys, you didn't really make the cut. Um, Eric Lee, PJ Johnson, our sixth round pick. Yeah. Um, John Atkins. Mm-hmm. Right. Make it. Yeah, I think Eric Lee's the only one I think that were, was a little surprising. I thought he had a really nice preseason week four, is to kind of be a rotational. But they went lean and mean with the D line. But you look at that. I mean, Han Harrison, Aishon, Mike Daniels, Flowers, Aquara. Those are all starters. Yeah. All rotational starters who are going to play major time, major snaps for this team. Cal, with the addition of Mike Daniels now, right? Give me who do you think is your starting four for this team? Like first down, walk out there. Who's your four? That you got out there. Do you have Aquara? Do you have Hand if he's healthy? Do you have Mike Daniels at the end? There's a lot of position versatility. You know what I mean? So who is your four that you would put out there to go, okay, this is who I'm starting off with? Like so Kyler you're Murray, you're looking right in the right in the face of these four guys. My top four. Yeah. I probably have Deshaun Hand. Okay. Ashawn Robinson. 
What is it? I'm just agreeing. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just listening I, to you. I'm, <laughs> you, did, you need the list? Yeah. No, you did say um, Mike Daniels. Yeah. And then um, Trey Flowers. Flowers. Yeah. Okay, so you got you got, you got got snacks off. Snap one of the week. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Right. I would agree with you almost 100%, except for I'm taking A-shot and I'm putting snacks in. Yeah. That's that's pretty much the only way I'm doing it. If they're going with a 4-3 defense just to yeah. start off the game. But, I mean, because you look at this, you know, Deshaun Hand, he can play both, you know, Defensive tackle and DN snacks. He's you know three technique all the way through. Um, Ashawn is the three, but Mike Daniels can play inside or outside. Flowers can play inside or outside. Yeah. Aquara can play inside or outside. Austin Bryant plays a little bit of both, yeah. depending. He might be going on IR, so we don't know that situation just yet. But lots of position flexibility. You're going to be throwing a lot of stuff at a yeah, lot. Yeah, I would be shocked seeing a lot of four three early. Yeah, especially because Jared Davis isn't there, so exactly. your linebacking depth isn't super there. So you want them. Getting and it's going to help, I think, if you have your four back because Mike Daniels can rush the passer pretty yeah. well too. Snacks can't. That's not his game. Yeah. He's a run stuffing guy. But if you've got Snacks clogging up the a gap on one side, and then you've got Mike Daniels and or Trey Flowers on one side of the field, mm-hmm. that's deadly. Like, yeah. that's that's a hell of a combination to throw at somebody with a twist or something. Good yeah. Lord, get it out of there. All right, let's go linebackers. Yep, so linebackers, they kept six linebackers. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, Jared Davis, Devin Kennard, Christian Jones, July Tavai, yep. Jalen Reeves-Mabin, and Miles Killebrew all made the cut. Yep. Uh, guys who missed the cut... Um, Steve Longa, Garrett Dooley, Anthony Pittman, Malik Carney. Yeah, so everybody we thought was going to get yeah, cut basically. for the most part. <laughs> um, any shockers for you guys on that on that list at all? Um, I would say Miles Kilbrew yeah. is the only one, if anything, would be a shock to me. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought Steve Longa might make it. Good special teamer, right, yeah. for sure. But besides sure. that, I think everything else is pretty expected. Yeah, at least the linebacking crew. No, I think I think so too. I think Tavai is going to fit the Jared Davis spot until Jared Davis is back, and mm-hmm. I think I think May, Jalen Reeves may even played himself into a starting position yeah. this preseason. That's why like, I, I really would, think he did. I would be nervous if they went three four, but if you lose another linebacker, you're really nervous now. Yeah. Well, because so then you got to put Killebrew out there, and then Christian Jones. It's just going to be yeah. a back. So like I think a good four yeah. three at least until Jared Davis comes back would be awesome to see because right. you have the depth in the line or the line men mm-hmm. and the linebackers you will have as much. Depth without Jerry Davis, right. but you can still put Tavai, De- Devin Kennard, and Jalen Reeves maybe out there, right. and you got a solid. I think Kennard too, as as such the pass rushing Jack type linebacker that he plays in this scheme. Him combined with the guys you have on the D line with the Flowers and some other people, I think you're going to see what we wanted to see last year with Ziggy, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, okay, we've got a guy on the outside who's playing linebacker who can either drop back into coverage or come and rush the passer effectively along with stopping the run up the middle with snacks, but then you also got a premier pass rusher on the other side with Flowers. I know people say Flowers' sack numbers aren't there, but it's not always about the sack numbers. It's about the pressure. It's mm-hmm. about the continuous making the quarterback uncomfortable, forcing him into a throw, or not allowing a receiver to get open. That's mm-hmm. that's a lot of times, you know, which is going to help, I think, not only our linebackers in coverage, but our cornerbacks as well, which I think is probably one of the weaker spots on the team. So let's go with who made the spot on corner. Okay, so you're going to do corners? Yeah, let's go corners. that's secondary in general, I'll pick up the corners here. Okay, I, so, I, got, I got a list too if okay. you need it. So uh, making just corners in general, yeah, we yeah. got Darius Slay, Shocker. Uh, Rasheed <laughs> Melvin, and Justin Coleman, your, Those your starters. starters. Right. Uh, you have Amani Awurie, yep. your 
fifth, fifth, fifth round pick. Yep. Uh, Penn State. Fifth round pick. Jamal Agnew. Yep. Mike Ford. Yep. And, and D. Virgin. Yeah. The only one I think that's shocking to me, and Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, is D. Virgin, I think. I think that's how I pronounced his last name. Um, he's the only one that I think even comes close to being like, okay, that's a bit of a shock. Um, I, I think that Mike Ford, I think, kind of played his way in because yeah. his familiarity with the scheme. I think he was starting. But I'm a little surprised that they didn't keep Tabor over D just a little bit just because I'm like, man, you know, he's going to be at the back of the lineup anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe keep him just to see what you can do. Yeah. You know, they must saw something they really liked in D version. I think it's more special teams. I don't Probably. think they I think they were kind of done with yeah. the Tabor experiment, Probably. you know. And, and what's funny is we were talking about this yesterday where like the Packers cut Josh Jones, their 2017 second round pick. The Vikings tried to trade and then cut Laquan Treadwell, their first round pick from a couple years ago. So, you know, I know a lot of people want to go, well, see, it's another missed second round pick, but a lot of teams, and those are just teams in the NFC North in specific, that are cutting, you know, second, first round guys only after a couple seasons because it clearly has not panned out the way we wanted to, right? Um, any any shockers for you, Kyle, on the cornerback position besides D? I, I don't have, I have a question. Who was the guy that they drafted out of um, Penn State? No, not Penn State. Uh, I can't think of uh, I know it's not. I'll I'll think of it. But. <laughs> We're gonna be talking about Michigan. He goes. He's gonna. It's gonna hit him. Like I'm trying a, to think of the college. It's the gray and red one. No, the the gray brown and red one. Do you need to look at the list? I won't know what the name. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just think of it. I'll think. Okay, of it. Okay. Cool. That they drafted. Yeah. Like just recently. He was like a safety. Killebrew. Oh, uh, Will Harris. Will Harris. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, he's a safety though. Yeah, he's yeah. Boston College. college. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he he made the team. He's a safety. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's safety. I, I, I didn't went know just corners. Was, I just didn't know yeah. if that was one. Of no, 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 no. We're gonna go safeties next. So go ahead and hit safety. Yeah, so Mike. safeties here. We have Quandre Diggs and Tracy Walker, your presumed starters. starters. Yep. And then you have Will Harris, Tavon Wilson, and C.J. Moore. Right. Making it. And I think the guy that out of that list that sticks out to me is C.J. Moore because mm-hmm. he played excellent on special teams. Um, really earned his spot there, which I think which made Charles Washington more expendable. Yep. I know people are looking listening to this and be like, oh my god, it's the bottom of the roster, who cares? But these are the guys that like on big swing plays in as far as field position, they need to play an important role. You know, like that's how they made the team is on special teams. Um, I think another guy too that I think people are gonna be happy with is Will Harris. In the preseason, he always seemed to find a way to be around the football. Yes. You know what I mean? With the scoop and score, I think he had another fumble recovery on yeah. a kick return. Like those kinds of things where it's like, I don't know why, but he's just he's just a magnet to the football where yeah. he just automatically he's there, he's creating havoc, he's causing turnovers, he's recovering the football. Those are the kind of things that if you're a rotational guy, I think are big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially because I think he's going to play a big spot on on special teams. So as you're well. a big Will Harris fan? I am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm checking in. He's so big, he didn't even know his yeah. name. He's gonna have a jer- he's got, he's he's got the jersey in the mail. He's got the jersey coming. He's in. got the jersey uh, in the mail coming up there. Although, if any, also if anybody ordered a Tracy Walker jersey, he just changed his number, so he's no, he's not gonna be 47 anymore. I think he's gonna be 21. Oh, I think he's what he changed Wait, it really? to. Yeah, 21 or 23. I don't remember. I think it might be 23, but. No, it's not 23. That's slay. I think it's going to be 21 yeah. or something like that. So I think he's changing his number, So, oh, okay. which is interesting, I guess, All for right. us Jersey fanatics. And then special teams. Any shockers there? <laughs> uh, we have Matt Prater, Sam Martin, and Don Mulback. Yeah. So now here's the only thing that I will say about this. Um, so Sam Martin got a restructure of his contract a couple days ago. Mm. Basically, they made the 2020 season a team option. So and they kind of and he took a pay cut. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's more of the writing on the wall that if Sam Martin doesn't start punting like 2016, Sam Martin, 
I think he's going to be gone yeah. next year. So that's kind of just an interesting kind of tidbit, yeah. I think, to kind of keep an eye on. Because as we know, teams like Minnesota and Chicago are having major problems with their kicking game. I mean, yeah. Minnesota just traded a fifth-round pick for a kicker slash punter that they cut. We traded a fifth-round pick last year for snacks. Yeah. So, like, let's evaluate, you know, that kind of value for a second there. Yeah. So they're, they're, it's nice to have... I'm Matt Prater and, uh, you know what I mean, and a good punter, clearly. Nice. I think, you know, the Bears were won that playoff game if they had, you know, good a, kicker. a good kicker. So, right. you know. so going back to this defense, yeah. where, do you, where do you rank the defense in the league out of 32? Kyle. In the league, the defense, I would probably – see, I don't want to – because I know they're supposed to be – a better defense. By the end of this episode, Kyle is going to eat his entire There's structure. Strength. He's just going to eat the just entire watch. one. I'm it's going to be, it's gonna be slow. <laughs> it's going to be slowly but surely just just going to slowly start fading away. Up just so down. everyone else sees a chewer. Also. <laughs> All right, a chewer biter. But uh, yeah. I'd, I'd say, I'd say right up there. I'd say right up there. I'd say fifteen. <laughs> This is a Jared Cook for Eaton's all over again. I got one guy they're going to go after. Jared Cook. Say it with me. Jared Cook. Jared. No. And you didn't even... Okay. If they're 15, I think there's a problem. Like, low-key. I really do. Because if, if they're middle of the road, that means they're going to be... And you're saying that they're going to be middle of the road offensively. That doesn't lend credence to a very good season, in no. my opinion. That that reckons me to say, oh, we're going to go 7-9. and nine. Like, that can't that can't happen this do, year. It's straight think, up can't. Do you think they have a... Better run or pass defense? A better, I'd say better run defense. I would yeah, hope so. I, I yeah, would, jeez, would, good lord! If they don't have a good run defense, the the run defense has to be top ten. Has to be like top eight, yeah. in my opinion. Like straight up, like you have a lot invested in this defensive line. Tavai and Davis are two of the best coming out of college that play the run so well that you're sacrificing some pass coverage in order to limit a team to yeah. make them one dimensional. So you better be good at stopping the run because if you're not, we're gonna have. Major, major problems. Thoughts, guys, overall. Mike, I'll start with you on this roster. Any any mistakes you think they made going in? Like, obviously you can't tell. They haven't played a game yet. Yeah. But as far as just as the breakdown goes, the amount of offensive linemen, D-linemen, that kind of thing, do you think they went heavy in one spot, maybe not enough in another? Any, um, anything that kind of sticks out to you where you go, maybe they need to rethink I think. That. I mean, the only thing I just think, I don't think they really needed three quarterbacks. I think mean, they could have went with the two yeah. and add another receiver or yeah. another um, – Linebacker, maybe right. even because I think they're a little low on those spots, especially yeah. with injuries that have come up already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but besides that, I think they did a pretty good job everywhere. Yeah. They kind of replaced everyone like a Theo Riddick mm-hmm. or any of those guys that you're like you're not really cutting it. So we got another six round guy who can do it for you. Right. So I think they did a pretty good job overall. Yeah. And it's probably the best team that they could have got out of this year. Yeah. Kyle, any any. Like observations just coming off the roster, off the top, just looking at it on paper. You know, where do where do you see this? See this team going? Just yeah. Where do you like? Where do you yeah. see this team? Like, do you like how the, do you like the roster build up? Where do you? Where I mean, what's their ceiling? Let me uh, guess. Seven to nine, eight, eight, fifteenth <laughs> in the league. <laughs> I, I have what he had. Wait, yeah. Let me go back. Go ahead. I, I yeah, think same. their ceiling would would be a uh, be a uh, make. I say their ceiling would be like wild card playoff. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I mean, wait, they have the Packers as, the, as in the first place. This is, this is Kyle's uh, prediction. Oh, this is from when yeah, you guys when we did the every single one, did you? 
So he's got the Bears going like, okay, that's funny. No, honestly, I think looking at this roster top to bottom, right? I think you obviously you see some emphasis put on the you put some emphasis on the offensive line. You have nine linemen. You put some emphasis on having uh, a lot of linebackers, right? I think you have seven, not including Austin Bryant. So you've got a lot of rotational guys there. Your cornerbacks is a really steep drop off in yeah. your cornerback spot, which means that you have to put emphasis on the defensive line and the linebacker play. I think those two things are going to be the mo- most important with that, along with, I think, carry on Johnson's health. Yeah. If you don't have a solid run game to help him help Stafford out here at this point in in, in kind of his career, I think you got to give him something. You, you yeah. can't be one-dimensional anymore. And with the emphasis that they're going to put on putting on the run game, it's got to be there, and mm-hmm. he's got to stay healthy. All right, guys, that's going to be it for part one of episode 40. That's the last, That's the Lions roster breakdown. After the break, we're going to talk NXT and AEW and Michigan and Michigan State football. After the break, stick around. Hey guys, I'm Alpha Michigan Ramadeka. Just reminding you once again that we have a brand new website. I'm always right PC.com. That's I'm always right PC.com, where you find all the latest happenings, all the latest news, all the latest episodes, both on YouTube and and podcast form, as well as all the links to all of your favorite streaming services to find us. So if we're on Spotify and you listen to Spotify, make sure to subscribe. If you watch us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I can't tell you how many times the Merc Zone comes to me every day and goes, how many subscribers do we got? How many people are listening to the show? And I got to tell them, it's not enough, guys. We got to keep it going, keep up the momentum, new logos, new studios, everything else, all for you and your enjoyment. Now stay tuned for part two of this week's episode. All right, and welcome back to part two of this week's episode, episode 40 of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Just a reminder, once again, we have a new website, I'mAlwaysRightPC.com, if you don't know. Um, let's go right into it. Kyle asked me, all right, we got to go over Michigan football first before we talk any wrestling, because he's got a lot yeah. on his chest. So for everybody who says that this guy doesn't talk enough, well, you're about to get your wish, unfortunately, for the rest of us. Let's talk about <laughs> it's it. It's going to be no Jared Cook Yeah, it's going to be no, no Jared Cook action. I no, no over-unders. No over-unders. <laughs> <laughs> he graduated. No over-unders, no nothing. We're just going to talk about that, I guess. Let's just start off at the top. We'll start with the good, right? Michigan won. Mm-hmm. They beat Middle Tennessee State. That's I feel like that should have been obvious. Um, but all right, Kyle, you were there. You were at the forty-five yard line, mm-hmm. ten rows, back. ten rows, ten rows back, back, looking at it, talking to parents of players and mm-hmm. you know potential recruits, doing the Lord's work, as mm-hmm. we like to say uh, here on the show. Of course. Um, let's just jump right into it here. Mike's already dying. <laughs> um, all right, let, just give me, let, just go for it. What, what was the performance? Because I have some takes. Me and Mike watched together. Obviously, we were looking for you on TV. We found you several times. You were the guy in the white hat, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. We yeah, found you. If you, you saw anybody in a white hat, it was Kyle. Sure. It was Kyle, right. Um, all right, go ahead, man. What's what's on your mind? Give me your overall thoughts on this game because right. there's a lot of there's a lot of people saying a lot of things, mm-hmm. and I think we need to be the ones to bring them back to reality. Yeah, right? we, we all there's a lot of people who think that this was okay. It wasn't okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give an overall what I thought overall That's after great. I'm done with my analysis. Yeah. But we're going to start from the offense, the quarterbacks, and quarterback playing Shea Patterson. Personally, I thought didn't do it so well. Everyone else, they're like, oh, three touchdowns. He had six yards in the second half. I know he was hurt, but, like, dude, I honestly, in my opinion, D- Dylan McCaffrey is way more, way more talented, just minus the experience. So it's understandable that Shea – 
is going to play more. I understand in big moments he could probably show up. Right. But quarterback play. Can I, can I was, chime in here for a second? Go, real quick. Ahead. Just real quick. Because you're on this topic. And this is the one thing I wanted to talk about when we were talking about Michigan. Yeah. Is I, I don't, I could not agree with you anymore on that statement. And here's my, and I don't know if you guys agree with me on this. When I say I would rather lose a game with Dylan McCaffrey as my quarterback thinking he's got potential to get better than lose the same game to let's let's just say Ohio State. Let's just let's because that's the big one, right? I'd rather lose to Ohio State with McCaffrey at quarterback thinking there's a chance that he's gonna get better than lose close to Ohio State with Shea Patterson knowing I know what I'm getting out of Shea Patterson. Do you guys agree with that? Like, I'd rather, if I'm going to lose this game, I'd rather have a hope for next year to think this guy can get better. I know what Shea Patterson is, and it's not good. Okay, my only thing that makes me nervous about Dylan McCaffrey yeah. is you haven't seen him play game like full game. Right, and, and that's why I want to pull the plug now. Well, here's the thing, though, is I think because Shea's a fifth-year senior also, yes. people just go, oh, this is how you beat him. It's so easy. Like, this is what he's bad at, and this is... Right. You have a, you'll have that on Dylan McCaffrey. Obviously, he comes in the second half of the Notre Dame game when you're losing right. by 21. Yeah. He's going to look really good. He comes in halfway through the Mid-Tennessee game when you're up 19. Right. He looks really good. I want to see him in the full Wisconsin game. game no, in a I'm full game. You. I'm with you. And I, that's I, I would love that. This is the Jimmy Garoppolo effect for me where yes. people go, oh my God, he's amazing. I'm like, but I haven't seen it yes. really. Right. I've seen it in spurts mm-hmm. of like halves. Yeah. And quarters. I haven't seen an entire year. Right, or an and I'm with, and I am, to, and I am in total agreement with you. That's why I want it done now, though. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I want. I don't want Patterson starting anymore. I wanted McCaffrey since last year. After that debacle of season where you had a stacked defense and you still couldn't get it done, I'm I'm done. I want to start. I would rather go young and dumb and figure it out rather than experienced and just okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's my only thing. Like I'd re- I'm with you, Mike. I'm totally agree with you that we have those rose colored glasses when it comes to McCaffrey just because he, he we haven't seen it right. Yeah. We haven't seen the mistakes that he has made yet, yeah. right? But. With that being said, I'm more willing to live with those mistakes than I am with Patterson because he's a fifth-year senior. Turning the ball over, not making the correct reach, we could not make a pass. It was either a 50-yard bomb for a touchdown, and the only reason why that's completed is because the guys are wide-ass open because you have better athletes than Middle Tennessee State. Or, but can't you just like look at that and go, "That's a good game plan," because you know, at least they can. No, but my, that. no, but no. My point, my point being though, is that I, that's not going to happen against good teams. That's they're not going to well, yeah, be open like obviously. that against. But my concern is that I don't think Patterson can make the throws to get there. Now I don't know if McCaffrey can, but I know for a fact that Patterson can. That's okay. that, that's that's my point. Go ahead, keep going. And I, I'm sure I'm sure the coaching staff. There's flashes, but I'm God. sure there's when Jim Harbaugh's like. We probably are gonna need. We're gonna need him next year. We need experience. But on the other hand, he's like, I'll still have a job next year regardless of what happens. But I'm gonna lose a lot of support if I can't get it done this year. Yeah. And he's like, and not from Michigan people who haven't made any decision, but from the fan base. <laughs> yeah, like he's gonna lose a lot of support yeah. from from ESPN, the broadcasters, fans, yeah. all over. Like he'll still have a job, but it's he's gonna lose a lot. And yeah. that's when you start losing recruits. That's when you start losing big time. That's when you actually start losing your job yeah. years to come. But anyway, beside the fact, yeah. you, at least you have a, a Shea Patterson, Dillman, McCaffrey, Joe Milton debacle that you can deal with. <laughs> but, so, going on to the receivers, they were obviously way more skilled, bigger, stronger than Middle Tennessee. Yeah. 
they didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't think they showed well, like their their like ceiling. But I I think that was kind of the intention. Yeah. You don't. You don't really need to be showing. I will, I will give. I will say this for the offense as a whole too. It's a new offense, mm-hmm. right? So I do think there is going to be an adjustment period. That's why these next next week against Army as well as the bye before they play Wisconsin, those are going to be big weeks to really fine tune some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So did, I'm willing to give Shea a little bit because I thought the offensive line also played pretty poorly. I would yeah. say. Um, but I, like I said, I, I need to see drastic improvement from the offensive yeah, see, side. That's, I, I would be more nervous if he played kind of like this in like a Wisconsin game. Yeah. Because this is really this game in Army is preseason. Right. For sure. No. no then you have the bye, and then all right, let's go. So like, if you if you go into Wisconsin and he fumbles three times and stuff, that's I'll pull the plug then. Yeah. But I'm not pulling the plug on Mid Tennessee State because right. you're just. Kinking everything out. Right I was now. I was pulling the plug through <laughs> Notre Dame last year. So <laughs> everyone was so happy. I was me. so angry. But anyway, continue. Go ahead. But yeah, so um, like you said, yeah. with the offensive line, they didn't play that well. They do have two starters that are hurt. They're not playing. So you're right. kind of mixing. You're trying to figure out what's going to work. And that, then like to Mike's point, you've got two weeks to yeah, do it. So that's right? just you've got this preseason to do it yeah. for sure. Hopefully, you can figure that out. And with the uh, the running backs, I think. I think Zach Charbonnet is really a great running back. He showed of what he could be. I like Turner as well. True Wilson, who we thought was going to be a starter, didn't yeah. really play that much. Yeah. You, you may have mentioned that he may or may not be banged up a little bit. He too, might be banged so. up a little bit, so that's probably why I didn't play that much. But I For really sure. like Zach Charbonnet. I think with him in the few, few years to come, he can be really great. And They've always had good running backs since Harbaugh's got here. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it hasn't translated to the NFL, but the running back position's always been pretty good, I yeah. would say. You know, Chris Evans, whether it was uh, Smith, anybody like that. like Crown Higdon. Crown Higdon. You know, you had some good running backs there, you know. And I think that the, with the with the incorporation now of the whole spread type of thing, I think they're going to be more effective. So yeah. I'm in total agreement with you. Let's, what about the defense? So with the defense, you with the D line, that's probably where you're the thinnest and most questions. Mm-hmm. There is a package that Aiden Hutchinson actually talked about after the game, where they have package with all D ends. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I think I think your D ends are your best players in my opinion. You got Josh Uche, Quiddy Pay, Aiden Hutchinson, and Mike mm-hmm. Dana. Right. I think those are your four best defensive lines. Obviously, they're not going to have the size as a Michael Dwumford, but the, the, you do have the DNs that are hurt. Everybody so, just went, who the hell are these guys? And, all, and <laughs> half the people listening who do know are like, where's Kyle Ben? This I know, like, he's going in wait, dropping wait, analysis. He's dropping wait, names and everything. Hey, keep going. Yeah, keep going. When I get to talk about Michigan, <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, so I think that, that will be a, a good package for when you have like your D D line hurt Carlo Kemp, who's a senior five year, fifth year senior defense uh, defensive tackle. I think he's a really good defensive tackle, but he's kind of undersized. He did play on the DN for a mm-hmm. little bit, so that's that's where the D, all DN line comes in. And then you have your linebackers. Obviously, losing Devin Bush, you lose some speed. You, <laughs> that's an understatement. Century, good but, lord. But Starting you, in Pittsburgh, for goodness sakes. You, you do have Josh Rosh, who is also, who's very fast. He's slightly undersized, it's but very fast. It's not a real name. Josh Rosh. <laughs> it's, it's just Josh funny Rosh. that he rhymes, but it's fine. But yeah, and then uh, Glas Glas. I can't say his name correct. Glasgow. I think he played fantastic yesterday. He was in the backfield a lot. Had two sacks, I Ta- believe. Talk to me about the missed tackles because I was watching, and that was the one impression after the first touchdown in the Middle Tennessee scores, right? I thought they settled down, but I did notice an abundance of missed tackles yesterday. Did, did you kind of get the same feeling watching live? Yeah, there was a lot of plays where they looked that they started in the backfield and you could have got a tackle for loss, mm-hmm. but then they end up five, ten yards, first right. downs. I think that's just kind of a getting back to it. There's a lot of there's freshmen yeah. who are playing, I guess. Right. 
some there are some mistakes made by like more experienced players mm-hmm. like um, Lavert Hill, which we'll right. get into. We'll talk to him in a second. But right. but I think that's just kind of a getting back into it. I think after next week and especially the bye going yeah. into Wisconsin, I feel like th- that'll be figured out, especially with the Don. All right, go over the corners, and then I want to and the secondary, and then I want to ask you guys about Wisconsin in a second. So go ahead, All and, right, then, so and then we'll talk Michigan State real quick. And secondary, you have Ambry Thomas and. Um, Vincent Gray. Right. Uh, both don't have as much experience as the others. Right. But they both played fantastic. Ambry Thomas was supposed to be out three to four weeks because he had some illness. Some illness. But he played, He suited game one. He's like, came. I don't believe it. <laughs> so no he, uh, well, looking at his play, I mean, it didn't look like it. But yeah. that's fine. He got an interception. He looked fantastic. Vincent Gray, who... I I was doubting, like just looking at him pregame. He 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 didn't look that big. He may be fast, but he was, didn't look that tall. Didn't look that big. Mm-hmm. But he played fantastic, especially in the first half. Had a great stop the at the goal line. Yep. And um, with the uh, safeties, you have Lavert Hill, you have um, Martellus, and then you have who didn't very who didn't play at at all except for kickoff. But Daxon Hill, yep. your your five star freshman. Uh, Metellus, he's experienced. He's a, he's a captain, I think. Yeah. He's, right. he's 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 fine. Uh, Lavert Hill, God. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, sh- tell him why. Tell him why you're mad. You you drop you drop a punt, and then you yeah, drop yeah. an easy pick six. Yeah. Like I I couldn't I throw, like that was like me playing quarterback and throwing it right to you, and you just go I don't know what to do. Oh jeez, yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, that's what he did. Exactly what he did. Yeah. He, and I get it, it's the beginning of the season, but you're also been starting for multiple years. You shouldn't know how to catch a football. I could have caught that Why with, plays my, corner. with my hands closed, eyes closed. <laughs> but but hopefully all this stuff will be figured out. Overall, the defense, it's right now it's not looking like a top five down round defense. Maybe, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe maybe that is just just here's my thought on this right. Every year since Don Brown's gotten here, it's like we go into like Ohio State or whatever, and they just like man, this top five defense, and then we just get shredded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe if the expectation isn't we're top five defense and they just play yeah. normal and just we're okay, like I, not like ranking wise, but like I'm okay with them not being a top five defense. That that means we can stop crossing routes. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Maybe that's just something where. This is it, it, they lost a lot of people last year. I don't think people understand how many people they really lost. Like key positions, you know. <laughs> as much crap as I give Rashawn Geary, he was still a key cog in the defense. Devin Bush was a key cog. Chase Winovich is a key player that is going to probably win a Super Bowl this year. So you know <laughs> what I mean. So I, I mean, um, let me ask you guys this, and we'll go into Michigan State real quick, Mike, because you watched Michigan State, Wisconsin. Is that the make or break game for you guys? Like, do you need to see performance to be way above what we saw yes Saturday, or does is or is there still time for you to be like? Because everyone's expecting this team to go to the final four, right? Like that's yeah. that's a lot of people's predictions. With that being said, is Wisconsin a game where you go, all right, this is how we're gonna know what kind of team this is, and if they don't beat Wisconsin, now I'm not saying by 30 points, but if they're not clearly the better team out there, are you gonna be concerned going forward into the rest of Big Ten play, going against Michigan State and Notre Dame and stuff like that? Not Big Ten play, but you know, right? I, I won't. I think a more important game <clears throat> is a swing of Iowa and Notre Dame that they play. Okay. Because I think Wisconsin, as long as you beat Wisconsin, yeah. I think it'll be fine. Okay. Because that's your real, the first real competition. Game, right. No you doubt. know what I mean? No doubt. So, like, these first two games are, like, preseason games, you can call them, because they're, you, they're predicted to win by 30 points, and Absolutely. they should be pretty easy. Right. Wisconsin's your first, like, 
we're going to punch you in the mouth game and see how you can come perform. Mm-hmm. I think once you hit like Iowa, Penn State, Notre Dame, that middle stretch of your season, that's, where that's you when you're out. like, you should be at your tip-top shape. Right. And if you are not beating those teams mm-hmm. convincingly or whatever, then you're probably not a Final Four team. Right. Like the middle of the season is when you should be at your... And yeah. then even Michigan State, the third to last week of the season, yeah. it should be like, yep, now we're beating you by 21 points. Like right. we're definitively the better team. Kyle, do you agree with that sentiment a little bit? Or are you in like a lot of people's minds I think are looking at Wisconsin as like that's Shea Patterson's kind of like last straw for me. You know, like if he does not play well, I, we need to just get McCaffrey in there and we just need to roll with it and take the punches as they come. I think that game, not not even for a fan standpoint, but yeah. for the actual team, I think that's going to show absolutely everything. That's going to expose yeah. are they is that a, is that a good team or not? Right. Because like you said, with the with the breaking tackles. And with the yeah with the, yeah, the missed tackles, being, missed right. tackles. Like you can't tackle Minnesota Tennessee players. You want to try to tackle a Heisman candidate, a Heisman candidate running back. Right. When your D line is, who knows how going to be how good right then. That's going to prove a lot. And I know Wisconsin's not going to have the best of defenses, and yeah. you're supposed to have this up tempo offense. But that's going to be one you're going to have to sure. dominate. You're going to have to put down the line. You're bit, we're better. We're we're bigger. We're stronger. Right. And that's when they're going to have to. So if they only win by like one score. Are you nervous? No. no. So you're not nervous. That's why I'm saying, yeah, though. I, I, I'm I, not going to say, oh, you only won by one score. I'm not, like, nervous. Yeah. Uh, if you only beat, like, Notre Dame and, like, Penn State and these teams and you win by three points, then I'm like, but are you, like, really that much better? Like, are right. you or, or is this just luck swinging yeah, our way this exactly. time? Exactly. That's right. that's what I mean. Like, yeah. I'm not – now, if you lose, now I'm like, all right, pull a plug. Like, the season's kind of over. <laughs> yeah. But, like, Wisconsin, like, I don't need them to win by 48 points. No, no, like, for I sure. Mean, for like, sure. I, I like, seven to ten points, I'm like, okay, we're good. Like, I'm not worried right. yet. Right. So that's, that's my take. Yeah, obviously that's worried. the gameplay as well. Let's talk about Michigan State here for a second before we go to the squared circle. Um, Mike, you watched you watch the Michigan State game. I saw I highlights. They win 28-7 over Tulsa in a snooze fest. Um, oh, oh. Uh, just that's give me just give me your thoughts on how the Spartans looked and any maybe preconceived notions that Spartans fans like to throw out there, um, maybe about a rushing stat or two. Um, well, I will say... <laughs> there it goes. He hit, so, he hit you. <laughs> well, I will say their offense looked very bad. And here's and when I when I say that, I want to say that they improved. They did improve yeah. at least in this game from last year. Their defense is, I'll give you this, legit. Yeah. Yeah. Michigan's gonna have a lot of trouble against that defense. Yeah. That defense is flies and is everywhere. Right. Offensively, so you had a series in the middle of the game. Where it was third, Tulsa had the ball third and one. The ball goes over his head, Peyton Manning style, and the guy <laughs> runs back twenty yards to go get the ball. Yeah. And then they punt, and then they like block the punt. So now you have the ball at like your opponent's ten yard line, and you get stuffed on fourth and one. Right. And then the ball goes over Tulsa's head again on the next play, and it's a safety. Yeah. You get the ball at the fifty yard line, and you get stuffed out again. Right. And then the ball is at Tulsa's own five yard line, third consecutive play on a third drive, yeah. and then. They, the ball goes over his head again, and now you get a defensive touchdown. Right, like you're playing a team that the ball went over the guy's head. They can't head three master the, the fundamental play, the, the action to start a football play. Yeah, they like <laughs> they're not good enough to start. Like at least Mid Tennessee yeah. was like able to like run around and like make plays. Tulsa literally couldn't even get a snap for three straight drives, and <laughs> Michigan. That's what kind of that's what kind of got me going. Like they're like, I know Michigan State is really great offense, but they're like, oh, great, defensive. Great defense, Oh, they yeah, have great defense. defense. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a great defense. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Trust me. Yeah. But um, when they say they have this great defense and they're yeah. they're block they're blocking punts and they're getting yeah. touchdowns and safeties, I'm like, 
The safety in the touchdown was because of Tulsa yeah, shot it. Yeah, because the, the, center, the, center, the yeah. center was scared shitless because this D-line was killing him every yeah. single play. Right. But, like, I'm just looking at that and going, at least, like, Mid-Tennessee can complete passes. This team couldn't even take a snap. Right. And you only win 28-7. to It's not like you have the ball. You, your average starting field position was at midfield for right. State. Right. Tulsa's was at their own five-yard line was their average start. Yeah. So, like... If you're only winning twenty eight to seven, and that's what you're looking at, I now do. you're going to play teams like Ohio State, Michigan, where if you give them the ball at midfield mm-hmm. at all, they're scoring on you. Yeah. So you have to make sure Michigan State's going to always hang teams. around because that defense, I think, is going to be really, no. really good for them. They play Michigan, yeah. the score is going to be like seventeen fourteen, right? At most, right. like you know, like you're not, you're not you. getting any shootouts. Even Ohio State, I nope. think, they're, they're going to score cause, over cause thirty that. points. Yeah. Right. They always so, play with Ohio State. Right? They always do. They always come up ready to play. Right, absolutely. So I think I think I think if you're a state fan, you go defensively, I love everything I saw. Right. But offensively, if you don't have anything better on offense to give, right. I'm super nervous about your chances. Right. Yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting take. All right. That's enough on football this week. I'm sure we'll revisit as we go. And if yeah, Patterson has another week. a pedestrian game to say the least, then I'm gonna come on the show and lose a gasket yeah. against Army. But anyway, let's talk Mike now. Let's talk um Let's wrestling. talk. Yeah, let's talk wrestling. But let's yeah. talk AEW's All Out show. We yes. have a brand new first ever first. AEW World Champion. Spoiler alert! If it's you not Cody noticed. Rhodes, Kyle. It's not Cody. It, I know it's your boy. It's not Kenny Omega. It's not John Moxley. It's not one of the Young Bucks for some weird reason. It's not even a Hangman Adam Page. It's Chris Jericho, which mm-hmm. I think we both can agree was the right call. Absolutely. Um, you know, established guy winning your championship. I think that's the right move with the bad guy, too, which I think helps yeah. with the chase and everything going into TNT in a couple months. Um, I, and then on the TakeOver side, we have a new tag champs for NXT UK tag champs. We've got a new women's champion there. Uh, we had a hell of a match between Walter and Tyler Bate uh, where Walter retains by the skin of his teeth. Um, compare both shows we watched kind of back-to-back. Um, thoughts, who had the better show, and what was the best match for you? I watched both, so I can maybe give you a little bit more. But yeah. I know you watched the main event for Takeover yeah. for Cardiff. But go ahead. Um, I don't. Th- unfortunately, I can't say it's even comparable because yeah. All Out I think was the best show of the year so far. Really? I think it beats out Wrestle Kingdom. Really? Um, what's a G1 Supercard. I think yeah. it easily blows that out of the water. Yeah. I think from start to finish, I think every single match on the on All Out for mm-hmm. the first time this year, you were like. That was awesome. Yeah. And I think, I don't think, I think Russell Kingdom 13, you can make the argument that those nine matches, mm-hmm. compared to the all outs, not eight matches on their actual card, yeah. probably are the closest saying, wow, that was like really, really, really good every right. single match. But you have to look at all out going, you have one major title match at the very mm-hmm. end, your main event title match for the first champion. Everything else is just a match really right, right. like you have you know first round by implications mm-hmm. women's championship there's a lot of setup there's stuff. a lot of setup stuff you have yeah. you know Cody and all that stuff going on mm-hmm. but you don't have any titles online Russell Kingdom had nine straight title matches right and so right. that's that gives that a there's a little, little bit more yeah, right. yeah you have a little bit state. more of a boost there for sure but I think all out for what it was yeah gave you probably at least six of the best matches right. of the year. So I would I would disagree with you slightly. Um, I think a couple matches that I were just like, that was okay. Like I thought the SCU match was just okay. It was an SCU match. Um, I thought the women's match um, I thought was just okay. I thought it wasn't anything that like blew me out of the water necessarily. Like I would have rather watched Charlotte and 
like Becky Lynch fight than those two. And, and well, yeah, I would, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, but, I'm, just, uh, I'm just comparing the two. Yeah, right? I'm but just, you I, know. I would also say it's hard because you're going no build on that women. Oh yeah, match. no, for sure. So for like, sure. yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just going straight talent for talent. Like yeah. you know, what I mean, like I thought it was good, not great. But the rest of the card, though, I will give yeah. you was phenomenal from top to bottom. I even thought some of the stuff that they did in the ladder match for the AAA tag titles, the tag, the titles didn't mean anything no. in, in anybody's mind, but I thought they were creative enough where I think they got you into it. Where oh, yeah. you, you, I think you almost sometimes forgot it was a ladder match at certain points. You know what I mean? Like you kind of felt like, okay, this is just some big thing. And at the end, oh, by the way, yeah. they won the titles kind of yeah. thing, you know? And I thought the match that really stole the show though, was that triple threat hardcore match. I think Joey Janela and Havoc, and Darby Allen, I think, made each other. I, stole shows not, I guess, the best word, okay. but I think did the most for everybody involved. I think Joey Janela, the past two shows he's been on, has killed it. Yeah. Absolutely killed it. The thing with Moxley, and now I think he's bringing something so alternative to even what AEW is trying to do. I, I'm uh, if you're not a fan by the time you start watching TNT, I bet he's one of the most over baby faces in the entire company. Yes, I would agree. You know with what I that. mean? Like, I mean, what what match for you kind of made you think like that? Well, that was the match of the night. Did you, was it the? Was oh, it the it was last, a ladder match? Was it for yeah, you? Still? I think I was. So, I yeah. was so involved in that ladder match. Yeah. I was. So, I said they're gonna do a Canadian shirt off the top of a yes, ladder. That was and cool. then when they went through the table, also I went. Oh best spot of right. the year right. by far, Absolutely. and that that just made the match right there. For Kyle, me. I got a question for you, based off of you know, because we talk about slot, and obviously you're not the biggest the biggest wrestling fan ever. But hearing us talk about it, and, and, and like you know, we do on the show, does this make you want to watch this anymore? Does this make you like because this is a new show where basically you're, you're starting from zero? You know, you you would be like every other fan watching on TNT, going, okay, I don't really know who these guys are. Does it make you even we're hearing the success and you know hearing us gush about it all the time? Does that make you want to tune in at least the first couple weeks to be like, all right, you know what, fine, let's sit, let me watch it, let me see what's going on, or are you still just kind of like, yeah, it's okay? I think a lot of it, or getting mm-hmm. people to see watch it who like normally don't watch wrestling or yeah, watch or or just normally are into sports, mm-hmm. like seeing it like for me, I'll see it on like Sports Center or I'll see it like on the ESPN like Instagram page, right? Yeah, or like we'll especially, especially WWE, if right? like I hear you guys talking about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I think like promoting it really well mm-hmm. would be is probably what's going to get the most people to watch it. Yeah, but other like other, outside like, of the show, fan, of course. Yeah, but like for the <laughs> average fan, if like they won't, if yeah. they don't. Like see that essentially, yeah. it doesn't interest them. Mm-hmm. Then I don't, I don't see how like it no. really gets. So even so, because you'd be starting. And the reason why I ask is because a lot of these people we know, but uh, especially here in America, a lot of these guys you don't know. You know what I mean? So it's something that where you can kind of say, all right, you know, I don't really know who these guys are. I was wrestling. A lot of people, you know, are older than us, you know, 30s, 40s go, okay, I used to be a wrestling fan when I was 10. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When Hulk Hogan was the thing and, you know, the WCW and all that good stuff. Now it's a new brand, new yeah. people. You know, I think that there's a, I think there's a small market of people who go, all right, let me check it out and see, yeah. you know what I mean? Like what's going to happen you yeah, know I think those who are, are these going, people what's going those on those people they're going for right yeah exactly so i think it'd be fun real quick um what's the besides the ladder you said you know all out and the ladder match obviously was kind of your thing did you think all out achieved what you thought it would going into TNT's you know going into the AEW TV oh, yeah. show do you think that they they accomplished what they wanted yeah i think what they all they wanted was to set up storylines yeah. and to get the first champion out of the way and just set everything up for the first six episodes of the yeah. show, and right. they did all of that. You have 
Cody and his story arc still going. Yep. You st- you got the new champion. You have right. a women's yep. match set up. You, you have the tag title coming. tournament setting up. Mm-hmm. Um, you have and literally just everything mm-hmm. set up almost perfectly. Right. And worked out yeah. very well. Really well, right for sure. Yeah. But just a quick note on NXT UK Takeover. I thought that show was phenomenal. Um, outside yeah. of the opening match between uh, Travis Banks and. Uh, uh, the Scottish no. Super, Noam Dar. thought that match was terrible. Um, but I thought the tag match, uh, the triple threat tag match, was something that I think everybody needs to go watch. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should. If Especially if you don't, if you're not in the spoilers, I'm not going to tell you who wins. But that match really told a great story. And as somebody who's a very story-driven guy like myself, I thought they did a really nice job of making everything make sense. From partners telling, go get them, I got these guys, we got to divide. All that kind of stuff was really, really well done. Um, but so uh, both shows good in their own way. I think I, I think you're right though. I think All Out was better. So if you haven't bought it yet, go buy it and go watch it and get on the train. I don't know what you're waiting for. It was phenomenal. Once again, congratulations to Chris Jericho. Um, I want to talk next week about him specifically because I think he's entering goat status now a little bit. Oh, you think so? so I think we should talk about him next week. Uh, much to the behest of Kyle over here, who's like, I don't even know who Chris Jericho is. <laughs> you, what you don't listen to Fozzie? I do. I think Fozzie's great, actually. But anyway, that's going to be it for episode 40 for the man, for the Merc Zone. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.